This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Fay, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Wrexham 2, Maidenhead 3. Wrexham 1. Torquay 1, Wrexham 0, Bromley 1, Wrexham 4, Grimsby 5, Wrexham 0, Chesterfield 2. The Rob McElhenney curse continues. Nath, you and me were both at Chesterfield on Tuesday night. First of all, how are you doing? And yeah, poor old Rob. I love you, mate, but maybe you need to stay away from the Kairas for a bit. Hopefully we can break that duck this weekend. Yeah, poor guy. I feel pretty crap to be honest um after you know I've, I've clocked up some miles as have a lot of people you know more than 1800 of us at chesterfield i've done all first all of the first three games yeovil i thought was a horrendous trip getting in and out of there and i'll probably get onto that later um there was just nothing was there rich to get to get into last night really um the, the fans i thought were brilliant behind the goal packed out the stand loads of Optimism, I'd say, going into it, you know, even after some two okay performances, the team dropped that course to storm on on our Twitter, and well, the the performance or or lack of, uh, yeah, I was stunned actually coming home. I was just really, really, I I don't know really how to process what what we saw because it was so below the level we'd come to expect. Chesterfield last season, both games were. Horrible. We had the one-all draw at home where they outplayed us. Fantastic penalty save from Leighton on Shimanga. Mullen scores that header from the throw. The away game, obviously we win 2-0, Palmer brace, but the first half they absolutely outplayed us there. They did it again on Tuesday night. This time there was no answer though. There was no reply. There was no half-time changes. And it's early days in the season. I'm not going to be too irate. I'm not going to start saying Parky out. I'm not an Arsenal fan TV wannabe. But <laughs> it was just the lack of ideas and the lack of 
any belief we would get back into the game. Because last season, often when we went behind, that would then kick us into action and we'd immediately, usually we'd get a goal, but we'd at least go down the other end and we'd test their keeper and we'd give our fans a lift and be like, right, we've not been at it. Let's go and get into this game now. And it just never happened. And it was just the most disappointing, for me, one of the most disappointing performances under Parkey, just because we haven't learned from our mistakes of last season. And this time, there is no mitigation. You can't say it's a new manager. You can't say it's a new squad. Yes, we had a new goalkeeper playing from last season, but that shouldn't matter to the how the team performs. And you've got Elliot Lee playing in that sort of free-roaming role anyway, so that shouldn't affect how the team plays. And we just have no excuses for that performance on Tuesday night. I hope, I hope that it was just one of those a bad day at the office, where it's a bit of a slow start to the season. But God, Nath, I am I'm worried. Yeah, and and so everybody should be based on that. You know, you can say, be you know, we're we're reactionary or whatever. But that was alarming, and I think, you know, have we won something like two away games since March or something like that. Away at Weymouth, we won. And then I think not County in the in a trophy, trophy. something course, like that. I mean, look, yeah. we obviously ended with a lot of home games, so you know mitigation, and then the summer, so there's, <laughs> so there's obviously a big gap. But it's didn't win any away games in June, no, did we? Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 just a really weird. Uh, it's just a really poor performance, Rich. You know, across the park, I don't think anyone could come off feeling feeling like we played well. Honestly, the phrase out of my head when we when I was coming back on the supports coach, which in itself was an absolute shambles because we got there just before. I don't know if that's normal. First coach I'd taken in 10 years. It happened years. last season as well, though, because uh, friend of the podcast, James Kelly, came to Chesterfield away and got into the ground four or five minutes before kickoff. I, I appreciate there's like in an element of people finishing work and needing to get on the bus and you can't go too early and police probably don't want you there really, really early. They just want to get you into the turnstile and, and straight back out and on the bus. But yeah, that was that was uh, testing for us because I had your ticket and you were having to wait in the car for me. But the the main thing I was thinking of, there's more holes. You know, people might laugh at this, but there's more holes in our midfield than a hedgehog's pillow, mate. That's the phrase. I, someone said that to me in in terms of another story, and it fit for us. We just look so so easy to play through, mate. And I thought their lad Armando Dobra was a class apart. And I just thought across the pitch the way they moved it up the pitch how quickly they were able to to get it up the pitch and 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 push forward we we just couldn't do we just seemingly couldn't do that um and when we did get in positions you know did we we didn't have a shot on target so there's something but we didn't really stretch their defense or you know what penalty shout in the first half when Mullen felt he was he was dragged down that looked like there was something in that maybe, and then Palmer second half, I'd need to see it again. I still haven't seen it because obviously the National League embargo means that you can't put it out the very next day. So um, another backward National League rule, but yeah, dre- dreadfully poor, Rich. And uh, yeah, it did. I-, I wasn't too chuffed from the team lineup when the team lineup came out. Um, well, yeah, Luke Young, you know, Luke Young dropped altogether from the squad. Yeah. That's no that, injury that's... believed to be involved in no. that one, just straight. I get that there's a, an element of rotation, but then it leaves you without that combative midfielder on the bench. Because even if it had been a different game last night and we were 1-0 up, say, with 20 minutes left, I'd want Luke Jones to come on, shore things up and give us a bit of bite in midfield. But we didn't have that option on the bench. I, I Like I said, I don't mind rotation. We've been saying we need squad depth. 
I get that if you want Luke Young to drop out the side, you can put him on the bench. Don't drop him from the squad altogether. It makes no sense. And when you the manager's yeah. dropping the captain, you, you have can't to go that. out there and have the perfect performance to vindicate your decision. And it was one of the worst, possibly the worst performance under Parkey, just because we've had so much time under him now and there isn't the same excuses as last season. You can't... I mean, people will disagree with this, and, and lots of people did when I put the tweet out saying that I was speechless, that Luke Young had been dropped. You can't drop your captain from the squad altogether. It, it's too it's too big a talking point. You know, I, I, I know people are saying rotation and all that kind of thing. You just don't rotate your captain. Um, you know, you've made the decision to give him the armband. He is the leader of your team and should be one of the first players on your team sheet. He was by, you know, definitely not one of the worst down at Yeovil. Thought he was fine against Eastleigh. Um, you know, no one's really played incredible football so far. You know, what has he done to to be left out altogether? Travelled, was completely fine, no injury. People saying injury, illness, nonsense. It, purely a decision that had been he'd been taken, that he'd been dropped. And I, I just I'm not on board with that decision at all. You, you know, we respect the manager and took us to second last year in a cup final. So, you know, he showed his pedigree. I just don't. I, I just feel uncomfortable dropping dropping your captain. And ultimately, did Jones or O'Connor take their opportunity? The answer is no. A, a, a firm no. That sort of brings me on to my next point, really. And again, a, an issue for me is I just think we are lacking that that nasty midfielder to do the dirty work. Someone in the mould of Brad Walker, you know, a Keats, Jay Harris, someone who can just give us a bit of a presence in midfield because I think we're so easy to play through. Teams can get at us with ease. There is no sort of physical presence there. I think Young does help to, to give us some of that. But I just feel we're so vulnerable in midfield. And if you're controlling a game and in control of possession, then that's not a problem. But Chesterfield away is not the type of occasion where you're going to do that because they are maybe arguably the second best team in the division. They certainly show that tonight. I mean... Uh, last night, sorry, and they certainly showed that they're, they're better than us on the night. I just feel that we're still lacking that extra midfielder who offers something different, who is just nasty, does the, the dark arts, and you know, is a proper sort of National League midfielder who you hate coming up against because we still can't break down teams that have that sort of player. But then on the flip side, why should the club give us more money? We have spent so much money. This is the most expensive squad ever assembled in non-league football and we're still just we just don't have this identity and we're so easy for some teams to play against and obviously it is early days things could change quickly and we get a bit of momentum get the self-belief up and that confidence but I still feel we need that player but then you can't just keep throwing money at things no you can't Rich you can't keep doing it you cannot keep doing that Um, because you know when does it end and also we're talking about players missing out from the team altogether and you know there are players that most people won't complain about missing out I spoke to somebody yesterday who was a big fan of Liam McAlinden and you know we agreed that he's going to struggle to to make the bench never mind the starting 11 as things are you know there are others in and around the group that are going to miss out regularly you go and get another midfielder and does that mean two of you know the, the way the bench seems to be working at the minute is goalkeeper Tonicliffe um who else was on the bench? Tonic- he basically has Tonicliffe as the centre-back option on the bench. Yeah, a a wing-back, a wing-back, yeah. 
a midfielder, which is Jordan or Elliot, one of those two, the game-changing midfielder, plus a striker, which should probably be Sam Dolby most weeks. So, you know, if you go and sign another centre-mid, that means two of Young, Jones and O'Connor are not going to make it every single week, not even make the squad. Um, You know, that's a lot of a lot of uh, personalities, a lot of egos try and keep happy. I'm not saying you don't go and sign someone because of that, but how have we got to a position where we knew we needed that midfielder, that kind of Rottweiler Terrier type midfielder, and we haven't got it. And as far as we're aware, that you know, there's no pursuit on for four one. You know, they're quite happy with the squad, and I don't know. I just I looked at that performance on Tuesday night, and. You know, I look at somebody like an Ollie Banks in their midfield and I just couldn't get over, even in situations where the ball was popping out onto the edge of the box for them, I couldn't get over how much space they had, you know, how how, how little corners, press there was on et them. Yeah, like you said, the ball would get headed out and then they'd have, they'd have a chance to take a touch and have a shot at goal. That's it. Which was just never happening for us. And, you know, maybe that's because they're better drilled defensively as well, but... Their midfielders were making the space, and we just—they've signed about eleven any. players in the summer. They've signed about eleven players in the summer. So, you know, we're, we hear all the time and we preach all the time continuity. You know, we got burned at Wembley, didn't we? When when the team got changed and I, uh, the team was rotating, changed around, and I felt that was one of the worst performances we'd seen. I'd say this this one was right up there. Um, we have to settle on a team now, really. We have to settle on... I get that you're trying to find who can play where and, and whatnot, but you just have to settle on a team now. Settle on... He's clearly settled on his back three, I believe. I believe that's the you know far and away the first choice back three. You know, Mark Howard is not going to have much competition. We'll get on to him. Got to settle on him. Wing-backs, we're going to have to settle on those soon. Chopping and changing. Two different wing-backs on Tuesday night compared to who played down at Yeovil. Um... You know, and then we'll have to settle on the midfield. The strikers are set. We just have to kind of breed confidence into these players by sticking with them. I think that brings on to Howard nicely, to be honest, because he is the number one. That is just set in stone until Rob Layton's back. I know we're going to, in a sec, bring you a brief injury update on Layton and Christian Dibble. The fact of the matter is that Howard is the only viable goalkeeper at the moment at the club. Of course, they could go and sign another one. They could get someone in on loan, as we discussed with Tommy Kaus uh, two weeks ago on the podcast. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. But Howard is the goalkeeper. He still looks vulnerable to crosses into the box. He made some good reactionary saves, sort of Dibble-esque. And then there was the goal, which is just inexcusable. He came over to the fans at the start of the second half, held his hands up in apology, got a good reception from the fans. You know, we always got to try to stick by our players, particularly so early on in the season. He needs to cut out anything, sort of any risk-taking at the back. He just needs to be no-nonsense because I fought against Eastleigh on the opening day. It was quite refreshing how when the ball came to him, he just hoofed it up the pitch which needed to be done and just minimise the risk minimise the threat he's paid the ultimate price have to hope that that is the learning curve for him and you know he just needs our support now because he is the number one goalkeeper that is not going to change Parky's made his mind up on that if he drops him now 
that could almost be, you know, his his career over before it began because his confidence will take an even bigger hit. And again, to plug another podcast, if you go back to Dean, the Dean Keats interview last week, you know, he said that there's all, often off the field issues, not necessarily problems, but maybe not settled in the area pro- properly yet. Um, Dean Keats said, you know, he had worries about his house not being finalised before he actually moved. Was it to Wickham? Or, or to Peterborough. To Peterborough, yeah, to Peterborough. Yeah, he had to wait three months before his house was sorted. He's meant to move in in June or July. Didn't get the house till, till October. And, you know, he said that really affected the way he was playing. So I think we've got to give Howard a bit of mitigation. I also think on his, his point of view, he might have come in, hold his hands up and said he was a bit arrogant that the National League would be a breeze. Because when you drop from the Football League down to, to non-league, if you've not really done it before, you might think that, you know, it's going to be easy. And maybe he's had that reality check. You know, he doesn't have much time on the ball. He is going to be playing against, you know, strikers who are getting away with more than they would in the Football League. You know, I think that was his complaint against Eastleigh on the opening day, even though he couldn't have a complaint because it wasn't was an error. But, yeah, Parky's made his mind up and I think we've got to just accept that one on the goalkeeper front. Yeah, look, errors are so costly at this level, though, you know what I mean? Especially when you play like you do last night where take that error out of it, we we still would have lost. I mean, they ultimately, Chesterfield should have won it 4 or 5, you know, if, if we're being honest, you know, that they were getting close to striking the post or, you know, Dobra had a couple where he's outside the box, flashed it. Oli Banks had one laid across for him that he'd skied into the stand. You know, there were others where they, yeah, they really should have should have killed us uh, even more brutally last, uh, last night, Tuesday night. Um, on Mark Howard's, yeah, he he just looks he looks like a player that's just confidence just isn't there, and I and I felt for him when he came over and apologized to the fans before the second half, and he you know he did get applauded, and you know you must have thought what was going through his head when he was running over to the away end, which you know the players will hear every single game is right on the cusp of that passion and um, passion and kind of just anger because we've been here so long now, it's our fifteenth attempt. And yes, it's early days, but people are so desperate to get out and, and go up that every result feels a disaster. I mean, what, what do we lose our season? Seven, eight games? You know, we lost away at Stockport. We lost away at Notts County. We lost away at Woking. I did quite a few of these. Maidenhead. Um, you know, we lost, a, we lost a good few games. Lost away at Torquay. And remembering those, there was a lot of anger and annoyance. But Grimsby as well. That was the first. Grimsby. One, wasn't I th- it? That, that that was probably that, that was, was probably really... the one that's most similar to this, though, Rich. I think that's probably most similar in that it's not. You know, we're we're going to lose games over the season. We'll lose many more games than just losing at Chesterfield, like we did on Tuesday. But it's the it's the way to there's a way to lose. I know that's really cliche if people say that, but you don't. You can't lose like you did last night. You know, Parky saying they were better than us. Um, they're miles better than us. The streets ahead of us. Um, you know, they've completely ripped up their squad in the summer. They didn't play their top striker. You know, imagine if we'd have not played Paul Mullen last night. It's un- unthinkable, really, isn't it? You know, and they were able to get through without playing Shumanga. I thought Aquase Asante. You know, really troubled our defense. I thought I thought our defense looked out. I thought everyone looked out of sorts, to be honest, Rich. But well, let's move on to defense then. We've got Tony Cliff on the bench, who you know yeah. has excellent pedigree. So does Sean Brisley, mind you. Um, <laughs> what do we what do we do with him then? Who drops out? Because for me, 
Ben Tozer hasn't been at it in the last few games. He wasn't really at it towards the end of last season. He's got the secret weapon of his set-piece prowess. You know, he's good in the air and he's good at the long throws. Arguably so the not-so-secret weapon, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everyone yeah, knows exactly. what we're going to do. But it almost feels like we play him just for that, just for what he can offer other than as a defender. Because as an actual centre-back, he, he's just looked a little bit off it. The entire defence has. I thought Max Kluwerth, again, to be fair... Him and Bryce Hosanna stood out for me against Chesterfield. Uh, Max has been good all season. Really impressed by the way he's responded as well to his signing another senior centre-back and, and keeping Lennon as well. Hosanna was good. But who drops out for Tunnicliffe? For me, I would like to see him given a chance maybe over Toza this weekend. Yeah, it's so... Like I say, I, I think that's Parkinson's back three settled. And, you know, Tunnicliffe, Lennon, they will be the... The alternative options if anyone drops out, which who saw that coming? You know, at the start of the season, I think we all thought, you know, Lennon might go back in on that left side. Maybe Tonnerglyph comes in, and look, Aaron Hayden is on his day one of the best defenders in the league and potentially the league above. So he should play. Um, you know, he he looked a little bit out of sorts last night. So that everyone can't, you know, not not pinning any certain blame on him. I would play him. Max has been the best player for us across the first three games. Uh, best player down at Yeovil. Thought he was probably the best player outside of that Elliot League cameo against Eastleigh. And yeah, best of a bad bunch. Um, okay. well, what, the thing that frustrates me with the defence, Rich, is I think there's three potential captains in there. Max is a bit young, but has the potential, I think, to grow into one. They're so quiet. They are so, so... And I, I get that captains don't have to be, you know, ranting and raving. But when you look around, 2-0 down... I want, I want in a some, way, haven't they? Yeah, I want someone... I, I, maybe we've been spoiled with having, you know, Keats or Ferguson or... Beast. As Beast, like, you know, these are the other players. Yeah, you know, Harris or, you know, all these players that, that sit in more defensive roles or, you know, trying to think of, of others. We've had them, Manny, Sean Pearson, you know. I was trying to picture Sean Pearson, just his personality last night on that pitch. You know, he'd have been calling people out. The only person I really saw calling somebody out was Max calling out Bryce when in the second half Bryce was beaten on the touchline far too easily and and they almost scored it was a good save by Howard so you know we've got Cheltenham's former captain we've got Carlisle's former vice captain I'm just surprised surprised by it but yeah on on the toes of front I can't see it I can't I can't see a side taking away the long throw when it's such an integral part of the build-up. You know, we, we don't create too much from open play. Um, we didn't down at Eastleigh. We, you know, they, 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 we didn't down at Yeovil. They had some good blocks, but you know, we didn't create a million things from open play down there. Last night, we, we couldn't really create anything. Um, but Tonicliffe, it's, it's, it's a baffling one. You know, is he, is he fit? We don't really know. He's on the bench. He's been on the bench. I, I just... Don't see where he gets his opportunity. We've seen that Parky was not scared to shake it up, drop Luke Young, drop the captain. Will he do that again for Saturday? Uh, I would hope so, but I, I don't expect it. No, I don't expect it either. And I think it's just food for thought. I mean, what I'd rather see is the players come back and put in a performance on Saturday and say, this is what we're really about. I'm not saying rip it up and these players who were good last season are now suddenly bad. Do you know what I mean? I'm just saying that We've got that squad depth, so if you're gonna gonna sort of flaunt it in midfield, you've got to make sure that people in defence don't feel undroppable, no matter how they perform as well. So, 
yeah, full-backs then, they will basically go for the full team or the wing-backs. Hazana, for me, was really bright. Some sloppy touches, you know, and we lost the ball with some stupid sort of diagonal passes at times. The, the surface didn't help because it was skidding away as well. And, you know, there was a contrast, though, because Chesterfield seemed to be just controlling the ball effortlessly in midfield, and we were just a bit a bit clunky, really. McFadzian, there was chance on the way in for we want Mendy, we want Mendy. He was on the yellow card at half-time, stayed on. Bit of a, a game to forget for him. But it looks like Jacob Mendy-Mendy will will soon become the, the starting uh, left wing-back and he certainly has the backing of the support to do so. Yeah, he got he got a great reception, didn't he, when he came on. I think he got a much bigger cheer for coming on than probably the other sub at that time, which was Jordan replacing Elliot, wasn't it? What confused me, Rich, and I was sort of nudging you um, at the time in the away end was... You know, they, they'd got stripped and ready to come on. There was no injury or anything. And then all of a sudden, the jackets and bibs went back on. And they stood there, not really warming up, just muscles were going colder and colder. And they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited. And then they made, then they made the change. I, I just don't get what... You know, I understand the players got sent out early. Chesterfield came out very late, didn't they? Or maybe they came out on time, we came out really early. Well, what would have been the message there? Was the message just go out and give a much better account of yourselves or within 10 minutes, 20 minutes, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll rip it off and take you off. 15 minutes, I, d- I don't know. That must have been the answer, but I would have changed it at half-time. You know, McFadzian... Especially when he's on def- a yellow. You, yeah, you have you, to be political a, then. You can say, well, on, it's a tactical change because they're running on a yellow, and exploiting I, you. Yeah, on a yellow, I thought their full-backs just had their way with us. And I thought Mendy, you know, Mendy had some loose touch when he came on, but I thought he showed well, he had that a bit drive more attack into the and intent. For the possible Palmer penalty, didn't he? It was his yeah. terrier-like work. He just didn't give up. Really, really good movement from him. That's the first time you've seen Mendy. First time I know it was a little cameo in a poor performance, but did you see more attacking intent there? More attacking ability in that position? I think so, yeah. But I think he also had a point to prove off the bench. So... I need to see him start a game properly and be able to watch, watch him close up. He came on against Eastleigh, I think, on the opening day, didn't he? I think he got yeah, yeah. F- 15 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah it's, a dif- it's a difficult one. I-, I need to see him start a game, to be honest, because I remember McFadden got all those assists against Boreham Wood on his debut and I was convinced yeah, that he yeah. signed the new Roberto Carlos or something. So <laughs> I'm just going to I'm gonna hold my reservations for that. But like I said, we- we've got to have this improvement and... Midfield, you expect Luke Young to come back in this weekend. Has to. Has <laughs> no to. excuse Has not to. Has to come in. The Lee Davis dynamic. Lee had that brilliant dribble in the first half in front of the away fans, you know, where he just toyed with the defence, looked so effortless, couldn't quite get the shot away. The strike force isn't going to change. We saw no. Dalby make his debut. He hardly did anything. You can't blame him. That was a I much more circumstances as it was about, about anything. Um, so, yeah... It's a difficult one, but I suppose, like we said, strikers don't really need to be spoken about, really, because this didn't have much surface service at all. Frustrating day all round. Mullen was playing on the edges. There was a few heavy tackles, shall we say, and you always worry that you know he is maybe volatile and can be wound up easily by by some of the more, like we say, the clever defences in the league. But midfield and Naif, what, what are you changing there? What do you think it should be going forward? I, look, I know I pitched this for the Yeovil game, I, I can't get my head around the fact that two of our better players, technically, in Elliot Lee and Jordan Davis, every week we have to leave one of them out. Now, some people will say, well, that's great depth. What an amazing depth What amazing depth off the pitch. 
uh, on the bench that we can bring on later. We we ha- can we find a way which can utilize both of those? I don't know. It, you know, for example, some games could we play? I know he's not gonna. I know he's not gonna change it. But could we play like a three, three four three type thing where you've got Lee and Davis playing off Mullin? If you're not gonna play Palmer, or could, you know, or there's got to be a uh, an alternative well, option. Even- could you even you take one of those switch, strikers off? I was gonna say, could you actually switch to like a proper four-three-three now, and and play? Well, who, you, uh, you, well, you could play Mendy as a left winger if you had to. You could play Jordan Davis as a left winger. You could have Muller on the right. You could maybe have Lee on the right, and then you can still have a centre forward for for when you're playing a game against a smaller team at home and you want to take the match to them. I know we always talk about formation, but you look Maidstone at uh, Maidstone at home. This weekend, then we've got Gateshead coming up at home, Maidenhead at home. One of those games, could you go four three three? They're all going to be such dangerous games, as easily proved. You know what I mean? Like they're going to come, they're going to want to run the clock down as much as possible. They're going to sit in, they're not going to come on to us, and and you know they're going to try and hit us on the counter, hit us from set pieces. Gateshead have scored a good few goals already. Maidstone have won. I think they lost to Dorking last time out, but they've already won. Um, I'm forgetting already the the kind of the teams the other team you said Rich Dorking I mean they they've got the three G pitch it it's a real tricky one but I'm just I struggle to think that you know how can we not get I mean you look at Gates that they drew in Notts County last time out but I'm I'm struggling to think who who can who can come in and out because I, Lee and Davis are so technically good and quality should show at this level you know the the passing ability of them should be outstanding. And if we're lacking service, you know, what what I noticed with young Jones and O'Connor, it's three almost identical players, really. None of them are... I think probably Young's got a bit more bite to him than the other two. I think Young will at least put a foot in. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm still bemused that he well, you could even, was, was left out, but yeah, there you go. I suppose you could even, theoretically, against a team where you really are expecting to dominate, Surely you could play Young in the in the deeper role. You could have Davis alongside him, and then you could well, have Lee. That's what in happened. Front of at, that's what happened at Yeovil. That's what happened at Yeovil. And for the first half, I thought we looked good, and then the second half we we faded. But but I, that's what I would revert to for the weekend. I would revert to, and people will disagree with this, but I would revert to Young, um, Davis alongside him, Lee ahead of him. I would have Mendy, and I would have Hosanna, and. You know, it would be a massive call if he took any of the back three out to to put Tunnicliffe in. But I, I, I hope now that calls for moving Max out vanish because that would be that would be the most egregious call, I think, based on the form that we're seeing so far. So, yeah, if you're asking for my team against Maidstone Rich, I would want to see um, Howard. I would want to see Hosanna, Hayden. Uh, I'll say Tozer. Toza and uh, Max and then Mendy needs to start a left wing back and then I would have Luke Young, Jordan Davis, Elliot Lee, Paul Mullin and uh, Ollie Palmer. But what I would do is if, if if for whatever reason Palmer isn't at the races, I would I would take him off, push Jordan further forward and as I say, play Lee and Jordan off, um, off Mullin as like a, a trio up top. And then and then put in an O'Connor, put in a, a James Jones, you know? That's what I would that's what I would do.
You're listening to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Those stings you hear are from Wrexham based band Hypnotic. Uh, thank you very much for their support of the pod as well. You can find their link in the bio below. And of course, we've already plugged two podcasts here the one with Tommy Kaus two weeks ago and Dean Keats last week. If you've not listened to them, go back and check out our back catalogue. And of course, if you're new around here, please do leave a like and subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend as well. That is the best way for us to grow. Rich, I just wanted to jump in as well. You just mentioned there, Hypnotic. New stings in this episode, if you didn't realise it already. Tunnel of Love, the Dire Straits song. They've done their own cover of it. Out on Friday. So we're getting a first exclusive little listen to a small, small part of it. But go and check it out on Friday. And that is one of the positives in a week that has not brought much, much joy to many of us. Rob was there, Chesterfield, on Tuesday night. Then Nath, he will be at the Kairos on Saturday as well, hoping for that record to finally come to an end. The curse of Rob McElhenney against uh, Maidstone United. Yeah, and his visit to to North Wales hasn't just been about watching uh, the Reds in action, although that is the, the main reason behind it. But he's also attended the Kieran Durkin Golf Day, the memorial event on Wednesday, uh, along with some former players and current Reds as well and you know it's, that's a very important event and again it's great to see the owners giving so much respect to to those who have already played for the club in the past and of course in the memory of a player who gave us so many great memories of course that goal at Old Trafford in the FA Cup is the one that stands out for for most fans but yeah you know it's it is easy for us to be doom and gloom after a result that we saw on Tuesday night yeah. Dave, but just seeing Rob around the place again there is a lot of reason still to be happy isn't there Oh, he had a massive smile on his face, didn't he? Uh, sat and we were all trying to spot him with his scarf and all, and all that sort of thing. But it just little things, um, you know, that, that they, you know, understanding the magnitude of a of an event to do with, uh, you know, former player Kieran Durkin, and just things that this week, Rich, you think about um, Aria. You know, I don't know if you saw that um, GoFundMe. Uh, young girl Aria, who. Um, you know, is is raising money and all that sort of things, and and Rob tweeted her, Ari, you look so beautiful. Donated ten thousand pound. Ryan Reynolds put, don't take any shit, Ari. You got this, and also donated ten thousand pounds. So, you know, that's the first of many charitable things they've done. I think we saw Gary Bennett there, Mickey Thomas at this golf day, Mark Howard, Elliot Lee was there, Anthony Ford, um, another who was left out. I think out, Jazzy Barnum Bob was there, was he, or Naughty Naughty? I don't think. Eh, I don't think either of them were there, but. You know, uh, no great miss. It just shows how far we've come that we've we've gone from players like Jazzy Barn and Bob and, and Naughty Naughty to, you know, and Caelan Bailey Nichols and players like that to now having Jordan Davis on the bench for Elliot Lee. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. But with that comes massive expectation and and Maidstone, you know, ahead of us on goal difference in the table. I I think looking at the league this season, Rich, it's so interesting because you know no one's won the first three games. No one's looking incredibly strong so far. Very, very early days and, and moves can still be made. But, you know, we are by far, I think on a Chesterfield podcast, we got called a whale. We didn't even get called a big fish. We got called a whale. Um, and budget-wise, almost certainly. But you've got to go out and, and win these games. You know, I saw Oldham fans moaning on Tuesday night they lost to Wealdstone. Um And it's... This this league's full of reality checks, and last night was a a painful one, and and one we need to shape up and and fix up for quick because 
yeah, Rob down at Carden Park, lovely. I'm sure his trip back was nicer than mine on the bus and, and your drive back to Manchester. Um, but, yeah, it has to end. His curse has to end on... I do worry if his curse doesn't end on Saturday. When, when will he be allowed to come again? Will he put himself on kind of voluntary exile? I don't know. I've no idea. I mean, Ryan came, and when Ryan's come on his own, we've won. Admittedly, a very small sample size, but who knows? Maybe maybe he'll give himself a banning order. I don't know if they dish themselves out to each other. Maybe maybe Rob will dish himself a banning order until we get to like League One or something. It's yeah, it's got to come to an end at some point. You know, just like years in the Saturday. League, it will come at an end at some point, and it's going to be so sweet when it does. And yeah, forty-three league games left. I know we can't. I know it's been a very doom and gloom podcast so far, and I promised myself before I came on there that I wasn't gonna just be misery because I know fans don't need that after after the week we've had. But Nath, I know we've got some emails to read out in a minute as well. I just want to. I do want some positivity. And positivity, come on. Let's look at these next five games then, and you know, I think these next five games set the tone for the entire season. Maidstone at home this weekend. Woking yep. away on the TV the following Saturday. I'll be there. Very tough place to go. After that, three days later, Gateshead at home on Tuesday the 30th of August. That weekend, Dorking away, which you know... I'll be there again. Again, just sounds like a banana skin to me. <laughs> and then the following weekend, it's Maidenhead at home. So Maidstone, Woking, Gateshead, Dorking, Maidenhead. Five very winnable games... And if you wanted to put the smiles back on fans' faces and have them believing, you've got to be getting four wins from that. You've got to be getting four wins from that, for sure. Um, you know, you've got to win... For me, you've got to win all three home games. Um, you've got to win all three home games and at least draw one of the... You know, if you lose one of those away games, Woking will be a tough place to go. I think you had Woking as your dark horse for the season I also I feel like Turkey. that's how everyone tipped Turkey to be their dark horses at the Euros last <laughs> summer though, and, and they were absolutely <laughs> okay. crap so well, I'll say Woking a, woke a third in the table they won two of their opening three games so the table start better than us. Sat, the sat table sat doesn't lie though either does it um, we've got to win all three home games Rich you're going to be there I'm, I'm assuming for all of those big improvement needed I just think we need to get a win quickly Get that Maidstone one, get it out of the way, give Rob something to smile about because God, he's given us plenty to smile about, hasn't he? So it's about time we return the favour. And and you, you, just, you just worry, if not rich, you know, trying to stay positive. I think we'll get a good number of points out of those games. But you do worry that, you know, a, a couple more sour results and, and I think, I don't know, I think discussions are going are gonna to be had uh, upstairs and, and definitely between the fan base. Social media is definitely a place that you don't want to be after a Wrexham result. But look, five, I, I, I five very winnable honest, games though. there. Yeah, I was going to say on this though, last season there was the, the genuine discussions amongst supporters of is Parky the right man to take us forward? It wasn't After just Grimsby. the results, it was the style of football. Yeah, and it was a very real discussion. We never really went into it too much because I, I didn't really want to. And, you know, I, I, I have doubted him. I doubted him after the Grimsby game and I thought he just doesn't seem like the right fit. And I know we spoke to our friends on the National Obsession podcast, the talky one, and yeah. they were saying... He seems like the thing holding his back. Which I think they're adamant. You know, they yeah, are adamant. They are adamant that, that they, they've been consistent. To, that he's the wrong guy. Yeah, but he did take us to a trophy final and yeah. the semi-finals of the playoffs. So you've got to give him that mitigation. What I would say though is, I've never, I, from what I understand, there's never been sort of discussions internally of 
No, no, questioning God, no. Parky. And God, no. those involved on the football side have always told the others that, you know, it will come good. Just just take your time. And I remember we spoke um, to someone at the club, I think it was uh, towards the end of, of last year, and they were worried by by how poorly we'd, we'd started the, the first half of the season, really. And they said that the football people at the club, I'm thinking sort of Les Reed and Sean Harvey, sort of said, just just wait, just wait. Yeah. It's a new yeah. squad, it's a new manager, things will come together. They've been in football long enough that, you know, keep a level head. So I think that when analysing the position of the manager or whatever, I am quite happy that the people at the very top maybe don't have the same, even the way it no, might they're level-headed. Well, that level-headed. They, are, they have that level-headed experience of the industry and obviously they want Wrexham to win. But you know they're not going to be dyed in the wool Wrexham fans like us, so they're not going to no. be maybe as reactionary to a defeat. They Rich, might have reasons a bit more. Rich, what I'd say as well is that in the documentary when that comes out, uh, you know, I won't go into the ins and outs of the episode, but there is one focused You're on. You're speaking Parkinson. like someone who might have uh, been able to watch a few episodes. I've, I've, I've seen a few. I've seen, I've seen a good few episodes. One of which is about Phil Parkinson and. You know their determination to get him, and only him, um, and and that was strong from these from the football people. You know they were they were like this is the guy, um, this is the guy that has all the pedigree, can attract players, can recruit well, and we've said it on previous podcasts, Rich. We on paper we haven't faulted his recruitment, have we? Really, um, you know we there isn't a signing coming where we've gone all. We don't like we don't like that, or you know, on paper everyone everyone's been pretty happy um, with his recruitment. Second last year, missed out to another big spender in Stockport. Um, cup final performed really poorly on the day, ran out of steam towards the end. I, I all I would say is that there's no excuse now. You know, I'm not calling for the manager. Got to back him. You know, this is just a really really bad bad result. Um, but you have to prove it's an anomaly and not a trend. You know, I was at Yeovil, Rich, and God, that entire experience was horrendous. Me and James Kelly, a friend of the pod, went down to Yeovil. We thought, firstly, our train got cancelled, so we got an earlier train. We had to walk, because it's in the middle of nowhere, the station, Yeovil Junction, if you've never been. There's nothing for miles. We walked with a couple of the London Reds to a, a, a local pub that was, like, next to somebody's house. It felt like it was just attached to somebody's back garden. We went in there. We were pretty much the only customers. We managed to get a taxi with a company called Dracula Cabs. And the man who set up Dracula Cabs was from Transylvania. And somehow he'd said he'd got stranded in Yeovil many years ago and was stuck there. So what I thought, I came away from that experience thinking it could always be worse, Rich. You know, yes, we've lost, but we don't get stranded in Yeovil and start a taxi company. What, what so, was I worried about? That's what I'm saying. I came away and I was like, this guy has come over from Transylvania to Yeovil and he came over to visit his friend and he stayed with his friend for a bit and then his friend left and he was stuck, couldn't get home. So he's been there ever since. Um, but yeah, the Yeovil performance is just weird and we can we can chalk that one down to the heat if we want. But again, no real structure to our play. So in terms of the first three games, I think there's a lot. What I would hope this week, I hope there's a big film session that I'd sit down, break it down with the analysis department and, and and look around and say we're so much better um, and we need to prove it you know we need to prove every single game because you look at the teams that are going to come to the Maidstone will be right at it to be the party poopers rich 
and you know you'll be you'll be there to watch it. Um, I will not. So you I will remember be us feeding. playing Maidstone. Um, the Stones. Was it in our FA Cup run when we, when we went to Stoke in 2014-15, the anniversary season? I'm pretty sure Andy Bishop scored twice. Well, uh, is, I mean, Maidstone's quite a good away. Maidstone's quite a good away day, but you know, if you go and put a big performance in four nil, five nil, you know, it'll change the mood temporarily at least. You know, and then you go yeah. into Woking with a bit of because that that trip to Woking. That real scene of the crimes a bit harsh, but back to the last season where I was there again, it was on TV again. That felt like the and one we got, where we got Darren Sald. Yeah, that felt like the game where that's it. We're not winning the league, didn't it? Um, really did come home for me. Um, that stung that one. And what I what I want to say now, I don't want to again ruin the mood too much. But we've spoken about this next five games. So I'm going to recap it again quickly: Maidstone, Woking, Gateshead, Dorking, Maidenhead. The reason why those five games are so pivotal as well is because the games that come after it. After we've had those five, I'm going to say it now, they are easier, easiest game, easy-ish games against the smaller sides in the league, which I know will get clipped and come back to Haunters. But, <laughs> but after that, you've got Dagenham at home, Southend away, Torquay at home, Oldham away, Notts County away. You need to be going into those games with, with momentum because that is so pivotal. And then again... The three games after that, Barnet at home, who've started the season really well, Boreham Wood away, which is just bloody horrible, and Halifax at home on a Tuesday night, which, you know, is going to be another raucous match. But these next five games are pivotal because if you get the five wins, four wins, you know, that addresses the early season crap as just, oh, we were just getting ready to go, new signings betting in, that's fine, and we've got momentum going then. If we If we struggle through these next five games then you've lost a lot of ground already and it's only going to get a hell of a lot tougher. Rich, I guess then we can come on to emails and maybe just a couple of messages because let's try and end on a positive note, shall we? We got a lovely email actually from Faye Griffiths who put, Hi guys, uh, not sure how I would go about this, but my dad is soon to be 85 and has supported Wrexham for over 70 years. So, you know, I'm sure Faye's dad has seen plenty of ups and downs um, and just said it's his birthday. Uh, be good to, uh, you know, get, get, get him something from the club. And I know the club have spoken to Faye since and, and able to, they've, you know, they've been able to sort of sign a card from all the players, which is brilliant. So best wishes from us. Happy birthday to Faye's dad. 85th birthday, Rich, 70 years following Wrexham. And also I'll give you another one from Nigel Coulton. I can't remember if I've read this one out already. I don't think I did. But Nigel emailed us quite a few times last season and we've both seen him as well in Box Park. Really wasn't very well. And... Um, he put, hi lads, as you both know, I've been through a lot the last few seasons with my own health battles and been greatly helped by your podcast, um, despite running out of steam at the end of the season. Um, can I ask you to thank on air some great lads whose message of support since the end of the season helped me greatly in my recovery? So shout outs to Bryn, Mike Buckley and Sean Jones, all of which sit with me in the tech end. Um, their constant messages of support have been nothing short of inspiring um, prior to his operation. A couple of weeks ago, this was uh, a few weeks ago, this email, you put, I had messages of support as well from Wrexham legends such as Carl Connolly, Lee Jones and Neil Roberts, arranged by his son-in-law. I'm now recovering and, you know, been able to go back to the games. Uh, loving the signings, look forward to the new season. So, 
you know, thank you both for helping with my recovery. Thanks for all the Tekken friends, and massive thank you to our club up the yeah. town. Another um, Tekkenda you know, as well. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled an, for Nigel. An, the, another Tekkenda, Nigel. I'm sure if he sees you, he will give you a wave. But, you know, it, people are going through all sorts, Rich, you know what I mean? And uh, people like Nigel still going, and it, it's so easy to get caught up and bogged up in, in a bad performance as it was on Tuesday night. You know, dreadful. I can't think of a, one we've seen that, that bad for a long time. James Kelly would probably say Grimsby away was was really poor. But, yeah, we've got, to, we've, got to, got to try and keep the faith still, haven't we? And like you say, five games, when we come back, Rich will either be laughing at this podcast and laughing at how we jumped the gun or who knows. I, I, don't, I dread to think what will happen if those five games go, don't go to plan. So... What are you looking forward to coming up, mate? What, what what what's coming up for you? You'll have all of them coming up on the horizon, I'm sure. Oh, that's a, I, I told you what my nightmare said, didn't I? So basically, moving moving properties oh, uh, next yes. month, and the day we move out is the first of October, which is f- for me particularly again personal life. So the Saturday I've got the day I've got to move out of my flat is the Saturday. Wrexham Oldham and the Sunday's Man City versus United so that weekend is a complete write-off for me to do anything productive so I'm hoping we can get the other property sorted before we have to move house because you need the keys that is that will be very tricky to move a house while also at Boundary Park but yeah um can't wait for that one I've been I can literally get the tram to Oldham away so I, that, that should be a good one and uh like I said a colleague of mine Joe who will have on the podcast close to that one is an Oldham season ticket holder, has Ooh. been his whole life. So that'll be a nice bit of a work rivalry as well. And yeah, I just can't, I can't wait to to be back at the Kairos this weekend as well. We were Saturday, both at, Rich. We Big were both one. at the turf, weren't we, for the uh, new fan zone on the open yeah. day. Really enjoyed that, really good setup. A few teething issues. The music yeah. was very, yeah. very loud. Um, that was, but... I, I still haven't been able to get my hearing back ever since then. I'm, I, I'm assuming what you're saying now. I don't know, I have no idea. Yeah, but no, it was great. Wayne's done a great job there. And again, just so good to see Wrexham buzzing on a match day. And, you know, Chesterfield's happened now. Let's move on. We've got some big games on the horizon. Bring it on. Rob McElhenney. And Moody Marty's in town, mate. Moody Marty's in town. Let's not forget, 44 years away from the race course. Welcome back to Wrexham, uh, Moody Marty. You won't be moody come Saturday night. We assure you of that. (laughs) We won't won't have a moody McElhenney as well because Wrexham versus Maidstone this weekend. It's a big one. We need to respond, but we've got to back the boys. We've got to make some noise and, you know, we will do just that. Nafe, as always, it's a pleasure to spend my time talking with you. Thanks very much, mate. Catch you very, very soon. And thank you very much wherever you are in the world listening to this Wrexham podcast. Once again, brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development, the Stings from Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. Check out their links in the bio below. Yeah, back the boys, make some noise. If you're new around here, please leave a like and subscribe, and we will see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.